0: Marty Walsh. You have anything to say about Marty Walsh? I have nothing to say about
1: uh, Marty Walsh. Uh, I guess we'll start the show with Marty Walsh then, because <laughs> I've already recorded. <laughs> <a> record. I <I'd laughs> <I'd> say,
0: <laughs> hey, Alex? What do you think about Marty Walsh? I have, I have nothing to think about Marty Walsh. He's a new NHLPA guy, and yeah, they really just like plucked him off. He's like the current Secretary of Labor of the United States, which I thought was kind of wild. You know that they pull him off the job like this for such an important position in the cabinet and whatnot. Um, but I guess they waived enough cash, uh, for this guy to come in and replace Donald fair.
1: Yeah. Uh, everything I know about this guy, I learned from listening to puck soup the other day. Um, <laughs> I, he was at, uh, he was the mayor of Boston, I think for a very long time. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he was apparently as far as politicians go, uh, pro-labor leaning, you know, which seems to make a lot of sense. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see because in general uh, with union bureaucracies, a trend you get is that like, you know, in periods of relative calm, they allow the bosses to walk all over them. Um, but, you know, in general, uh, a lockout, for example, isn't really a period of calm. So I'm curious to see if this guy is actually going to be a little more gutsy than the previous regime, or if he's going to uh, backpedal just like his predecessors did.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the real the real test. There's there's no way to know anything really about you know this guy's metal until we get to uh, yeah lockout time, strike time, or whatever it is. I mean, when's the next CBA up? Do we remember? I mean, they signed in like twenty twenty six, isn't it? Okay, all right. So he's got he's got three years to prepare um, for you know. Big fight against Gary that's coming up, no doubt, um, and who probably wants to dig deeper into hockey-related revenue and guaranteed contracts and all that. So uh, yeah, they, it's at least they got the guy on the job nice and early, is what I think for the for the PA.
1: Yeah, um, you mentioned that this uh, that taking him off his previous job was pretty wild. And speaking of things that are wild, there's a hockey team in Minnesota called the Wild. Uh, and we we watched them this week. Um, and this was a, a real stinker of a week for this team. Uh, last I checked, they were barely clinging on to a playoff spot in the second wild card with Calgary breathing down their necks. Uh, but they won last night, so I imagine they're still in there, still hanging on. Um, my working theory is that this uh, bad week in which they went 1-3, and three, and those three losses were not good losses, um, and the win wasn't especially impressive either. Is that is that this is kind of a, the karmic response to Kirill Kaprizov not trying at all at, at the All Star weekend?
0: Oh boy! <laughs> I sure you you can you can <laughs> roll with that. He hasn't he hasn't put it together. Um, he's still sleeping. He's still napping. Um, but no, uh, he yeah, looked good. Team's...
1: But the rest of the team looked
0: looked yeah. terrible. Uh, karmic justice. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I it, yeah, I think it maybe stretches. This seems to be a a year long problem uh, in terms of their inconsistencies where they really kind of come out in this last week though. Um so yeah, let's get in the games. Um they they had uh for for a really tough week that they had otherwise, they had maybe the easiest opponent possible uh to to begin the week in, in Arizona uh at Muldo Arena. Is this our first game that we've watched at Muldo Arena? I can't, but like like the camera angle stood out. Is the first yes, note it uh, did on stand, the broadcast
1: yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess this is the college arena."
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and I tried to, like, I went back and tr- tried to, like, f- put my finger on exactly why it looks so college-like. I couldn't do it. Um, do, it. Is it that it just doesn't, it's like the camera isn't as good quality or it doesn't zoom as hard? I, I don't know what it is. Do you have an idea?
1: I think it's just the angle. You're Like, well, that's not a big arena angle. That's a small arena angle that's lower down and kind of closer to the ice surface.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense um but it really was quite jarring. I was like, am i watching am I watching like McGill fucking university right now um <laughs> or am I watching an n h l game uh but uh yeah it it really so get, getting into the game, the coyotes were thoroughly fucking outplaying the wild which is which is wild um and Oops. yeah, they had all sorts of nice chances in in the in the first period, um and honestly, the wild were kind of lucky that it ended up being, you know, still 0-0 after the first period. The Coyotes had chances all over the place. Um, but it was the, the aforementioned Kirill Kaprizov. Um, scores off the rush. Uh, nice little passing play between him and Zuccarello and Kalen Addison. And, uh, yeah, that, after, that was after, like, a neutral zone turnover. Then the Coyotes hit, like, three posts in the span of, like, 90 seconds. Uh, and then Matt Dumba hit the post. And then Jacob Chikrin, he have noted trade rumors. He scored to tie it up. Scored a power play goal um, off of the rush, and this was, you know, you just left way too much space and time in the high slot. Minnesota just kind of collapses way too much down low, and uh, he just kind of snipes it. Uh, Jonas Brodine made a 2-1 off a slap shot uh, after another Coyotes' neutral zone turnover, and that didn't really seem like Vimelko was ready for that one. Um, Then Chikrin, of a face-off play, seems like the Wild were, again, discombobulated. Or uh, he's left, like, way wide wide open on the far side. Again, too much time, too much space, and uh, he shoots it over the pad of Marc-Andre Fleury, who's playing in net. And then, uh, so it was tied late in the third period, or about six minutes left. Uh, former wild guy, Jack McBain, uh, gets on a breakaway after... So this is, we'll see, this is a theme. Um, an ill-advised play in the offensive zone, in this case an ill-advised poke check by Matt Zuccarello, Kalen Addison's kind of out of position. So Jack McMain's all alone uh, and he scores on his breakaway. They, the wild can't tie it up and they lose in regulation three, uh, two in a game where they got fucking outshot by the Arizona coyotes. Is there a, a noisy dog in your neighborhood? There is. I'm going to mute myself. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. It's all right. I can hear that dog quite well. Hopefully I think they quiet down, but it's okay. It's not egregious or anything. Don't worry. Um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, even you can just look in the first period. Arizona outshot Minnesota 13-5. to That's a terrible start for a, an alleged playoff team against a, a tanking team. Um, Kalen Addison, uh, I think, is a particularly interesting character in this game for Minnesota. I've been a, a fan of his. I've You might remember me saying last season, like, I really think they should try to make room for him, make a clear path for him to make the team. And they did. They traded Dmitry Kulikov, and today we really saw uh, both sides of his coin. He set up a really nice play uh, for Minnesota's first goal, uh, and then he got caught pinching on the game-winning goal by the Coyotes. Uh, so this is kind of your your prototypical like you know young defenseman who's great offensively, but he just needs to smarten up on the other side of things. Uh, and if he can, I think this uh, this player could really be. Uh, You know, something special, maybe even like a top pairing defenseman. Um, But at this point, that's not where it is, but he was not alone in sloppy places. You you point out Zuccarello um, and on Chikrin's goals, plural, as well. uh, For uh, forwards in particular, I guess, were kind of, you know, caught leaving him out in the open. But later in the week, we'll definitely point out the likes of John Merrill, Alex Goligosky, other wild defensemen uh, making very sloppy plays.
0: Yeah, on Kayla Addison, they not only have they carved a path, uh, like onto the roster for him, but you know they they've given he's like the power play guy now. Uh, at this point, I think he's the only power play defenseman. I think they're running four one. Um, so yeah, he, he's looked good in that respect. It's just yeah, defensively, he still has some uh, development to do. Um, moving on to the Stars, another rough fucking game. Uh, yeah, so the goaltending situation with with uh, Minnesota, they seem to be really going tandem. Um, the two of them, Gustafson and Flurry, kind of alternating back and forth, and that's what we saw for all four games this week. Um, and yeah, just uh, the, the the stars kind of dominating throughout. They they start the game off fast, um, and Ben scores the first goal off the rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, another kind of defensive breakdown where nobody. Marks Jamie Benn as he, sh- you know, <laughs> shoots down the middle of the offensive zone, and it's like Matt Dumba and Joel Eriksson. He blows by both of them, yeah, and um, by
1: Goligoski as well.
0: Yeah, so that was a rough fucking look. Um, but yeah, just all throughout the stars were kind of dominating the neutral zone. Um, and and the Wild were kind of slow on the puck. Uh, and another two on one Dallas scores to make it two nothing. Radic Faxa uh, scores from a nice little Tyler Sagan pass. Kaelin Addison. Uh, He's he's kind of wears the horns on this goal in terms of his pinch up in the offensive zone, uh, loses the, loses the battle there, at least the two on one. And, uh, yeah, John Merrill, who's the guy back on the two on one, not, not doing much of anything on the defense, not guarding the pass, not guarding the shot, just (laughs) just, just, just falling down or not falling. Just, you know, deciding to dive, uh, way too early, just flailing around his right. Um, yeah, it goes to send a nice save on a Wyatt Johnston wraparound that I made a note of. Um, but it's all for not uh, where uh, you know Yanni Hakampa tips a Rupe Hinch shot makes it three nothing. Um, and uh, you know Wild do get one back on the power play. Joel Eriksson, nice little tapping goal uh, from Kaprizov. Wild get one called back because of goaltender interference. You know Greenway kind of touching the goalie. They didn't really challenge for that and. Uh, yeah, there, there was another yet another you know defense offensive zone breakdown that leads to a breakaway or an off like an odd man rush the other way where Jordan Greenway gets his shot blocked and Ruddy Faxa goes away on a breakaway. He ended up you know taking a penalty shot uh, because Greenway tripped him on the way back or hooked him, um, but that was stopped. Rupa Hinn scores an empty net goal. It's four one. Wild never really kind of threatened to tie it up uh, once once that Greenway go- or that Hartman goal was disallowed. Yeah, I think
1: uh, the the main story with this game is those sloppy plays by the defense earlier on. I feel like that's you know the big takeaway, and we see the same theme in the next game as well, which was a five one loss to Vegas uh, from time to time, and the question arises yet again, uh, as it did with the Kings, as it's done with uh, the Penguins, uh, teams that are you know show defensive lapses. Is it a question of coaching or personnel, and with Minnesota? Um, if memory serves, they were quite a good defensive team last year under Dean Everson. This year, much of the personnel is the same, except they've lost uh, Dmitry Kulikov, who is, you know, he's only Dmitry Kulikov. And I don't remember if there's, I mean, I know Golagoski was there last year. John Merrill was there last year. Of course, Matt Dumba uh, was there last year. So much like with the Kings, it's a lot of the, you know, that there wasn't much turnover on the blue line. Um, with Goligoski though, you look at uh, the number under the age column. He's 37, and you know <laughs> you would expect someone to slow down at that point. Uh, and I don't necessarily know if you know uh, defensive zone play has always been the calling card of Goligoski's game anyway. So perhaps now it's kind of you know as he loses a step, those wards start to show themselves uh, further. Uh, John Merrill. 31, you know, not crazy old, but for a defenseman of his kind of style, you wouldn't necessarily expect, expect it to uh to, to break down right away. But, you know, he's always been kind of a, a fringe player to begin with, who's now kind of a, an everyday player for the Wild. So I wonder what your perspective is on that.
0: Yeah, it really is kind of confusing. Um, Not even defensively, but also offensively. This was a good team uh at five on five in terms of their advanced metrics, but they've really kind of fallen off a cliff. Uh now, you know, they're still yeah, like like on still in the bubble, still very much uh in the playoff race. It's just that this is, you know, we we've gotten used over the last two years just much higher quality play coming from the Minnesota Wild. Um where yeah, now it's like I I I really don't know what the difference is. Maybe, you know, Evison's system's kinda worn off. He's lost the room or whatnot, because it's such a year over year all
1: right. I uh I just learned by accidentally hitting the space bar that hitting the space bar stops the recording. So carry on with what you were saying.
0: Yeah, so I like I was saying I, I really don't understand what the year over year regression is. Um you know that like that there there are still like very much problems uh throughout the roster, uh but for it to really fall off in terms of the quality of play of a lot of these players um guys like Jordan Greenway, who only had like six points this year and also just the rest of the defense, it's just it's kind of confusing, and I don't know what the reasoning is there.
1: I'm checking right now to see if there were any transactions they made in the off season uh that I kind of forgot about um Besides, just uh, no, they you know traded away Kulikov, swapped out Cam Talbot for Philip Gustafson. Uh, maybe Cam Talbot was just a real stabilizing presence there for the defense. I find that a little bit hard to buy. <laughs> um, and of course, there was the uh, the Kevin Fiala trade, the big one, um, which for some reason is not listed on this Wikipedia page. Uh, gosh darn Wikipedia! But I remembered it from my own head. Um, but yeah. I mean, I guess sometimes players get worse. I don't know what our explanation is. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's uh, go to the, the next game of the week. Again, 5-1 loss to Vegas. Flurry was back in for this one. Unforgettably so, uh, <laughs> as we'll see, um, against his old team. Uh, so it starts with Fleury letting in a, a Nikwa goal in the first period. Uh, it's funny because, like, you know, it was like a, a long, uh, like it was shot from far out, but it like deflected off a foot, I believe, on the way in. So, you know, when there's a, a deflection, it's understandable that, you know, you would be giving up that goal. Uh, but still, it kind of looks like a weak one. And in the second period, uh, Paul Cotter, your, your new favorite, dips <laughs> in a shot from Alex Petrangelo. Uh, and again, uh, a deflection. So it's like, yeah, you know, deflections can be tricky to stop. Okay, understand. But still, at least the optics of it, it looks like a, a long shot from far out. Uh, it looks like a weak one. Uh, then uh, Kaprizov gets a power play goal. Uh, another the, the Wild this week scored almost exclusively on the power play. Um, he recoups a, a rebound during a scramble. Uh, then there was a, a weird two-on-one Vegas had with Eichel and who else but Paul Cotter facing <laughs> Matt Dumba. And then Eric Zinnett catches up. It chases Eichel behind the net, which is why I call it a weird 2 on one who feeds Paul Cotter out in front. Uh, 3-1 Vegas, and Marc-Andre Fleury was totally facing the wrong way, um, like uh, perpendicular to the goal line almost. <laughs> uh, it's a rough look. Rough look for Marc-Andre. Uh, Minnesota gives up a second penalty shot in two games after Goligoski slashes Riley Smith, and this, I think, was the most egregious one of all. Uh, squeaks through Marc-Andre Fleury's 5-hole. He absolutely should have had that one. Uh, and then the fifth goal for Vegas, Jack Eichel snipes top corner on Flurry off the rush. This was possibly, you know, uh, in a vacuum, I give Flurry the most benefit of that on this one, cause that'd be an extremely hard shot for any goalie to stop. And yet this is the one, you know, makes sense. The fifth one where he slams his stick against the crossbar and breaks it in half. Uh, so yeah, clearly quite frustrated. And this is, you know, a goalie with a reputation of being, among the happy-go-luckiest and he's had enough of his bad play he gets the mercy pull in the third period Philip Gustafson comes in relief doesn't give up another goal uh, and yeah as you said those two goals they've been platooning lately they've been going really back and forth I think if Minnesota's serious about making the playoffs they've got to make Philip Gustafson the starter now they've got to ride the hot hand
0: yeah I guess so eh? um, on uh, talking about goalies Logan Thompson got injured this game uh at one point and uh, i think he's week to week now so that's a rough break for vegas aiden hill's their guy now um but uh yeah you talk about goaltending i i let's i'm gonna go back to the, you know, offensive the bad offensive decisions that lead to odd man rushes the other way. Because that was all over the place. Um we go back to the first Paul Carter goal. That was that wasn't an offensive zone. That was just an awful Marcus Fellino turnover um on the on the in the neutral zone where he just kind of passes it right to fucking Paul Cotter, uh who was already like, you know, he passed it to nobody. Um uh, and Paul Cotter, you know, got a great chance off of it, ended up scoring. Um let's see, there was another like, it was like Connor Duarb. Pinch between the between the Kaprizov goal and the second Carter goal uh, that led to another two on one uh, like, you know, there was a bad pinch on the forecheck that led to the second Paul Carter goal that led to that two on one. Uh, it was, you know, you talk about Goligosky. Uh Why was he behind, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to be able to hook uh, Riley Smith to give him that penalty shot is because he made it just another fucking awful fucking pass trying to get it yeah. to Kaprizov in his own zone. Um, the Eichel goal. Uh, was another bad pinch um, to make a 5-1 in the offensive zone. Uh, and, yeah, even, like, Phil Kessel had a breakaway near the end of the game because, he yeah. like, he blocked a shot. And it's like, why why is Phil Kessel on a breakaway? This is a, a rough sign. Um, so it's clearly an issue that it, it, it's, it's all over the place. Honestly, I don't know if I've watched a team give up this many, uh, you know, two-on-ones and odd-man rushes in basically not identical fashion but in very similar fashion uh, over the course of a week uh the wild just playing like stupid aggressive in the offensive zone and it's costing them big time.
1: Yeah. Um I, I'm I'm glad you you brought that up. You brought brought up a stat uh before we started recording to me that Minnesota is was it 28th in the league in five on five scoring this season?
0: Yeah.
1: It's very low. <laughs> um and to counteract that their power play is quite good as eighth in the league. Um but yeah in terms of that five on five scoring uh, also, uh, I well, we were a little bit lucky this week, at least I was, um, because after this five, one loss to Vegas, there was a great article on the athletic that went deep into why are the wilds so bad this week? <laughs> and I kind of read it. Well, I d- not kind of, I did read it. Uh, and basically it's, I don't remember who wrote the article specifically, but one of its perspectives, uh, was that the wilds knowing that they're struggling to score this season are taking unnecessary risks. And like even a one goal or two goal deficit, whereas last year they had so many comeback wins this year feels insurmountable. And so they kind of are forcing themselves to pinch when it's not necessarily smart and take those extra risks, which is why obviously, you know, uh, they're, they're getting these odd man rushes the other way. So, you know, partly this issue in, in a way stems from their poor offense is these, you know, d- dumb turnovers. Uh, but also, you know, you, the players should be able to, you know, figure it out between the ears and and know when it's smart to take a risk in the game and when it's not.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe in that sense, the coach, you know, Dean Everson has kind of lost it uh, because this team, honestly, and I made a note of it after they actually won against the Devils, kind of reeks of desperation um, yes, in the vibe. That's it. Yeah, like even – so. What stood out to me, we'll get to the Devils game, but at the very end of the Devils game, after, you know, they won the shootout and Fred, Frederick Gojo scored, Dean Evison looked way too happy. Like, I understand, <laughs> you know, he looked way too happy to like while he was celebrating when they scored to win that, like the, the, the shootout winning goal. I was like, this is, you know, it's a shootout win. I get it. It's a, it's a really good team, the Devils. And, you know, you've been through a rough stretch. But it, it reeks of desperation was the note I made.
1: Yeah. I you know, I agree. In general, we're not gonna be the old men saying you shouldn't celebrate it's the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, blah, blah blah blah. But I get what you mean, especially like from a from a coach and after it's not like they dominated the devils and like exactly. outright deserved yeah. that win. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, like they were they were fine, they were whatever. Uh but it wasn't like, you know. Uh, So, I I feel like, you know, it's not like they actually absolutely deserve some kind of great re- reward. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so, I mean, in that game, st- op- min- scoring opens with another power play goal. Ericsonek tips in a, a point shot from the great Kalen Addison. Uh, Devils get their own power play goal in the second period. One-timer in the slot from Thomas Tatar. Thomas Tatar scores again a little later, deflects in a, a Severson shot in quick order. Those weren't so far apart. And then Minnesota ties the game, third period. Matt Dumber shot goes off of Ryan Harmon high. It hit him like in the chest, I think. Um, and then, yeah, overtime. Minnesota was was lucky to get out of there alive. Sharon Govich almost scored. Twice, I'd say. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they went in the shootout. Uh, Zuckerel got one. Frederick Goudreau got one. And the slump is broken and all is right in the state of hockey.
0: <laughs> yeah, really low event game. Uh, I got to say, that last one. Um, but, uh, yeah, back to Everson it's it's not that he celebrated that he won right it's that the look on his face the vibe was thank god we won um Mm -hmm. which is which is not what you want coming from your head coach uh right Uh, in in these kind of situations you want them to be a bit more even keeled and maybe feel like they actually have a solution rather than you know being thankful that they managed to score in the shootout um
1: yeah yeah Yeah, kind of the
0: sense of like it's out of his control exactly Uh, so yeah, like, like I said, not, not against coaches celebrating, you know, get emotional, love all that. But in this case, the vibe was just not correct. Um, and that's why I made a mental note of it. Um, but yeah, you, you know, would you say it's kind
1: of like he was watching like a fan almost?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Almost. His reaction was like, dude, fucking hands in the air and shit like that. Um, (laughs) yeah, but, uh, yeah, the wild just can't. Score out of the, their their mistakes, and it's like, a, it's like a vicious cycle almost, right? They can't score, so they make these mistakes trying to be over aggressive, and now they can't they score even less because they have a bigger hole to dig themselves out of. Um, and yeah, there's just a, a multitude of issues here. First of all, I wanted to point out Sam Steele, uh, who is right now their first center, um, centering by uh, next to Caprizo. Yeah, It's I, not Hartman yeah, anymore, is uh, man. Let me maybe they changed. Oh, it or did he get, get injured? Let's see, let's look. Okay, no, it looks like, yeah, I think, okay, so Sam Steele's not playing on the fourth line. Got demoted. Um, Uh. But, uh, yeah, and and just, yeah, speaking of when he was in that 1C role earlier on the week, looked terrible, man. This guy not fit for the role, and now you have Ryan Hartman playing 1C, uh, which just goes to kind of speak to the fact that the Wild are uh, struggling at center and have not found the solution between you know, you have Kaprizov and Zuccarello who've been playing so well this year. Uh, they, they just need kind of the third cog in the wheel there to really make that first line go perpetually. Yeah.
1: Well, last year what worked well for them, because Joel eriksson is by far their best center, but they don't like putting him with Kaprizov. They kind of, you know, they spread it out a little bit. They put him on more the the, the checking line with Greenway and uh, Marcus Felino, which last year was, was an excellent line. And because eriksson Ek was there, they were able to, you know, produce some offense as well. Uh, and it was kind of like... Yeah, we'll throw some scrub up there with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And, you know, those players are good enough to make that a good line. And with Hartman it worked last year, uh, was Sam Steele, I guess, wasn't quite good enough. He, t- good enough to sustain it over more than like a month or so. Um. But yeah, I mean, if we're talking about trying to make this team better, they could definitely use another center. And, you know, I'm going to circle back to what I said at the time last year when they traded Kevin Fiala away, which was they should not have traded Kevin Fiala away. There was, you know, the cap troubles after the pre and Suter buyouts. Uh, and I said, Kevin Fiala was their second best forward last year, um, or at least their second highest scorer. He was almost a point a game, I think. you got to figure out a way to make cap room that doesn't involve trading away. One of those very important players, because you get that a big blow to your offense. Now we're talking about them struggling to score five on five. Now we're talking about them, you know, being a desperate team. And I, I do think that even just the loss of, of Kevin Fiala, uh, that's a that's a player who's what was he had like 78 points last year that's a quite a big difference um so i don't think uh and and i would what you said at the time was like that also like they weren't very friendly with each other anymore their relationship was kind of uh broken um in that case try to fix it i don't know what to tell you or trade him for like an equivalent forward instead of futures
0: yeah no they're they're forward depth and just the top six and they have not been able to recover. Um, and, yeah, they just, at, at this point, there is not enough top six talent on this wild roster. Uh, like, what, they have maybe four top six forwards uh, in Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Eric Sinek, Matt Boldy. Uh, and then it kind of falls off uh, where, you know, Greenway and Foligno both having bad seasons after being pretty effective last year. Uh, so... Yeah, the 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 forwards you you can really see the effect of you know Fiala missing, and, and you can see why maybe they're having so much trouble scoring a five on five, because you know not not enough talent, and you can you know that all ties back to you're you know playing with a one hand tied behind your back when you have to deal with those two fucking buyouts on your uh, on your cap sheet.
1: Yep, looking at the standings right now, uh, Minnesota uh, again is still in the. Second wildcard spot. Colorado has passed them. Um and they are currently tied with Calgary with 60 points, but they have only one game in hand. So they are still on extremely shaky ground.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting what are they gonna do at the deadline? Um There's there's a couple of pieces, you know. Jordan Greenway has been a name kind of popped up in rumors. Matt Dumba, everybody's been talking about Matt Dumba always, but it seems like the the word is not much of a market for Matt Dumba right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it should be curious what the Wild will end up doing because, yeah, they're on this bubble. The team doesn't look very good for, for stretches of time, can't score. Um, is this – which which way will they go where they have a couple really sellable pieces? Now, granted, not having good seasons, um, but sellable pieces nonetheless.
1: On the Wild, I try to sell the pieces. Um, This is not a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, I will, for the second week in a row, cite the Blues 2017 example. A, the Wilds Cup window is not right now. Um, Kaprizov is, you know, he's in his prime, and that's your, your main piece. But you've got quite a good pipeline. Matthew Boldy's very young. Marco Rossi hasn't even made the NHL yet. Kalen Addison's on the up and up. You've got Jesper Walstead waiting in the wings and several other good prospects because Minnesota's drafted a, very, very well over the past few years. Um, so, you know, you can afford, unlike, say, the New York Islanders, to push this wagon a little bit farther down the road and say, this is not our year.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think this core has kind of aged out. Matt Zuccarello, seems like he's been here forever, already 35. So there are aspects of this where you can, you know, slowly move away from. Um, but while retaining the core and kind of, I guess it's retool like the all the general managers love to say. Um yeah, you don't need to or tear down the owners down love or anything. to hear. Yeah, you don't need to tear it down or anything. Um but yeah, this is this is not the year you're not contending. This team is not gonna make the cup. It's not gonna make any sort of deep playoff run. So at that point might as well sell while you can. Although, granted, I don't think they'll get too much for either of Greenway or Dumba. Um but, you know, they can get anything. That's the bonus these words might come back to bite us i can foresee that
1: i can i can foresee because minnesota right now they're lined up to face dallas in the first round um and you know if minnesota like it's just dallas like i know they're having a good year it's only the dallas stars like last year we remember we both uh, pegged minnesota half jokingly to make it to the stanley cup final um they did lose in the first round to st. louis but yeah i mean I could, or you know, perhaps they end up uh, lining up in the Pacific side of things, and they're playing Vegas, or they're playing the Oilers. Uh, and are you telling me that, like, you know, you couldn't foresee Minnesota maybe making a a run through, like, to the conference finals through that weak division? Um, I'm not. I still don't think it's their cup year, and I still think it's kind of it's probably smart to sell. Um, but I I wouldn't go as far as you did to say there's no chance they make a deep playoff run.
0: Yeah, you're right. I guess the great equalizer is that the Western Conference fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe they can get their way through it. And thinking about it, like, I mean, is it really even worth it to, like, so their two pieces are really Dumba Greenway, right? Um, Greenway's having a fucking awful season. Matt Dumba doesn't have a trade market. So it's like, you know, aside from the cap relief, I guess, like. Are they Don't both really... gonna be UFAs? No, Greenway has like three more or two more years after this one. Um, but he's the name on the market, so okay. Even yeah. though he's
1: not having a great year, I could see someone biting on Greenway just because, uh, well, he's big and he has a bit of a track record or a reputation.
0: Yeah, I could see it, but I think now, now that I've thought about it a bit more, um. Maybe only kind of pull the trigger if the return is good enough. I don't know. Like, is it worth it for an extra, like, third and a fourth?
1: Oop! I, I got something to say. Yeah. Totally unrelated, but I've I got the uh, Habs-Oilers game on. And Alex Belziel just scored his first career goal at age 31.
0: 31? <laughs> oh, boy, well, you know what? It's never too late. Yeah. Congratulations, good sir.
1: Uh, Kovacevic picked up the puck for him. Whole big thing you love to see it.
0: Yeah, good for him. Were they playing in the Oilers? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, the Oilers. Oh Wait, uh The net might have been knocked off slightly. I'm not sure Uh Skinner was kind of hands in the air. We'll see. I'll keep you posted uh, right. Perfect. Uh Oh, it looks good. Looks like it's counting. Yep, it counted. All right way to go, Alex Belziel. Anyway, back to the wild um Yeah, I, I guess we pretty much worn them out, but to do an impromptu very brief Western Conference standings checkup as I'm looking at the wild card I had not realized uh, well I had realized the Oilers have been on a tear uh, they've won 8 of their last 10 meanwhile the Kraken uh, have lost 3 in regulation this week and uh, have won only 3 of their last 10 so the Oilers have passed them and the Kings by points have also passed the Kraken, although Kraken still have a very slight edge on points percentage but when you compare them to the Wild, uh, the Kraken are only three points up with the same amount of games. And when you compare them to the Flames, uh, the Kraken are three points up uh, with only one fewer game. So I guess what I'm saying is the Kraken fallout of the playoffs is still within reach.
0: It's, that's wild. Everything, it's all constantly in flux. Eh? this fucking... Uh, yeah, because yeah, any conference. of these teams yeah.
1: could start to be dog-ass for you know two <laughs> weeks at a time at
0: a, at a moment's notice. Especially the Pacific, eh? Oh my goodness. Um, you consider that Mark Stone is looking to be maybe out for the rest of the regular season, um, by some indications, although they won't they won't confirm anything. Um yeah, and they're only one point up on the Oilers. So you know <laughs> any one of those five teams could suck shit at a moment's notice. Yeah. Um and yeah, that should be and maybe all five of them will make it. Who knows? Um, if uh they all manage to overtake the wild. So Yeah,
1: you know, with all the talk about this year, about how the Flames have been so disappointing and Daryl Sutter, blah, 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 uh, they really are just like, they could very easily be in a playoff spot a week from today.
0: Yeah, but even even then, you know, like this, if they finish at 8th, it feels still, I guess it still feels like kind of a disappointment given how well yeah, they did sure last it year, is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it's still... The team still is not very good in the Flames. They're not playing particularly well, right? Um, I don't know. They're just mm-hmm. pretty mediocre. And, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't remember there being ever this much disparity between the two conferences. It's crazy. No. And it's not just, like, at the top. Yep. It's really all the way down. Like, I've, I've mentioned, like, all eight teams in a playoff spot in the East right now. I have m- maybe two or three teams from the West in kind of the same tier as them. And even when you look at the bottom of the conferences – yeah. Uh there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the West under Batman five hundred, only two in the east.
0: Yeah, it's it's a shit show. It's it's remarkable. I don't know what it is. Um, but uh yeah. There you just who's the best team in the conference right now? Is it the fucking stars? Dallas like, is the top of the West. Oh boy. And so, you know, you just said five minutes ago with respect to the wild, it's just Dallas um you know and it's like (laughs) who's
1: you
0: have the the jets sitting at like five five wins the last 10 not doing very well and they're like what second place you kidding me it's a joke joke conference in the east um you know for all the hype about like oh yeah
1: this year looks like we're finally gonna get you know we're gonna get a real good playoff race between like washington and pittsburgh and buffalo and, and the islanders maybe even even throw florida in there uh I'm not saying it's done, but it looks like it's trending in the direction of that race totally evaporating, because now the distance between 8th Washington and 9th Buffalo is uh, 6 points, and Buffalo has 3 games in hand. So it is the, oh, if they win the next 3 games, they'll be tied situation, but it looks like uh, the tendency right now is for that group of 8 to unfortunately cement itself, kind of like it did last year.
0: Yeah? Okay. We'll see. It's still like... You know, close in, in a certain sense. I know the game. There's like a gameplay disparity, but uh, I could see the Capitals falling off for an extended period of time or whatnot. I don't have. But Darcy Kemper faith. rules. <laughs> I I don't have that much faith in Darcy Kemper. So you know what? It's maybe it's trending. You know, it's. I think it's just part of the week to week fluctuations in the NHL. You know, teams go up, teams go down. It doesn't feel like for me personally. It doesn't feel like anyone's kind of locked themselves in in terms of those seventh eight spots. Unfortunately it seems like Buffalo. the Rangers have though. As for
1: Buffalo in ninth in the East. Um maybe there's a chance that Dylan Cousins uh goes on a bit of a slump now after signing his fat new contract for almost fifty million dollars.
0: Well done. Well done. I could I could've, could've gone the Rangers route. Um but uh this, this is acceptable. Uh so yeah Dylan Cousins. Seven years. Seven point one million dollars. Yeah, what do you what do you thought? I think it's a very decent deal for the Sabres that uh, you know because he has been playing so well this year as the the, the second center behind Tage Thompson. Um, it it seems like a very favorable contract with the with, with the cap going up if he can be their second center for the next fucking decade.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I mean this of course you know high draft pick, uh, lots of hype, killed it at the World Juniors um and his you know his entry into the league was a little kind of slow and bumpy but as you said this year you know he's got 44 points in 50 games very good you know i mean this year at least tage thompson dylan cousins i mean are absolutely playing like a an excellent one-two punch um it's weird with with thompson because last year was his shocking breakout and we were like oh he's going to keep this up is that contract risky and he's gotten even better um and with dylan cousins Almost based on the pedigree, it looks like it makes even more sense that he would be able to to keep this up based on the the draft pedigree and the reputation and all that. I can't put my finger really on why it feels a little bit more dangerous. Maybe it's just because uh, it's it's only been like half a season that he's played like this. Um, on the other hand, though, um, some are pointing out like this trend of. These young players, like the Cousins types, Tim Stutzla, Jack Hughes, who, uh, Nick Suzuki even, if that was a little bit before, of locking in for a long time. Whereas in other leagues and by other uh, mindsets, you might think it would make sense to lock in for maybe four years or five years. And when the cap goes up and you're even better, you
0: can really cash in. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, for the Sabres, big fan of this deal. I mean, you look at... You know his results as a second center. Like, who's he playing with? He's playing with like Paterk and Quinn, right? Um, so it's not like he, he's really the guy that's been driving the play um, to get. I mean, like, also he's been really good on the power play, uh, but just that second line, he's kind of driving the bus there. Um, and so, yeah, and this this trend of locking up these young guys, who's like twenty two years old, I think it's 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 good for the team. It's smarter for the teams to do this and you lock this guy up until what he's 20, 29 um that's it works out I think that like the floor on this deal like if Cousins Cousins is our like he's not worth maybe maybe he's not on the borderline of being worth seven million dollars um but like as a really good second center um you know that's the going rate and if he's only 22 and he's got room to develop I think it's smart contract
1: yeah we did watch Buffalo earlier this year so I don't think we're gonna do it again but uh I would want to maybe down this stretch for myself personally in terms of like uh, players in general across the league to watch, uh, I'm interested to actually see like how Dylan Cousins is doing because partly because of you know Thompson and Darlene, but Dylan Cousins' very good season has been really flying under the radar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it didn't really occur to me. I thought he was playing, you know, yeah. I didn't didn't occur to me how like his whose line mates were and how he's really the play driver there with Petruck and Quinn. I thought maybe he was getting I don't know some Alex top time or something. Um, but yeah, I think he's the he's, oldest he's...
1: player on that line, and he's 22.
0: <laughs> crazy. Um, so, yeah. It looks like they got themselves a real good second center, and I think the, the contract is uh, is great. It's a great risk to take, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a transition to the Tarasenko trade, but I don't have one. Anyway, uh, there was a big trade this week. A big trade yeah. this week. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has... Finally, his his trade request from a year and a half ago has finally been granted. Uh, he's on the way to New York, uh, the Rangers specifically. You know, both teams with New York in their name have made the big trade deadline acquisitions so far. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times at the deadline, we're looking at these buying teams and saying, oh, you know, they gave up too much, especially if it's someone like the Rangers, where I don't think either of us really see them as a serious cup contender. Despite Even despite that, I go, yeah, that's an absolutely fair fair price. If not even, you know, you perhaps you even, like, robbed the Blues blind on this. Uh, <laughs> and I'd, even if the Rangers, like, lose to the Devils in the first round and then, like, lose Tarasenko in the summer, I'm like, you know, I mean, it was worth the bet anyway because just, I mean, the first round pick is the only thing. That I'm like, oh, maybe that stings a little bit. They didn't give up anything else I care about remotely.
0: <laughs> That's fucking right. It's crazy. You would think this was that first round pick would be like the bare minimum, considering all that the Blues did. So the Blues, you know, they retained on on Tarasenko. They took back Sammy Blay's bad contract. Uh, they also gave up like Nico Mikola, who's like a decent depth defenseman. Um, and all this got them a first round pick and like a handful of junk. Um, so if you're the blues, you know, that's, <laughs> a, that's a, pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty disappointing return. Um, especially because you packaged two very tradable assets because you added Mikko in there, which, you know, makes you wonder, maybe they shouldn't have done this package deal if it meant it got them a pretty shitty return. Um, because you would think for a guy like Tarasenko, where, you know, the forward market isn't, it, it's like thinning out pretty quickly. Uh, for this trade deadline, I mean, like besides Tarasenko, now that he's off the market, it's really like Meyer, Ryan O'Reilly, and like who else? You know, Taves and
1: Kane.
0: Yeah, I guess, but it's like it's fucking Jonathan Taves, and you know, Patrick Kane's awful this year, and so it's it's quite thin. If you ask me, um, to be able to only get really like the later of the first round picks too and shit like that, it's just like man, that that it it, it feels disappointing. Um, I mean, like good for them for. Uh, you know, trading these guys out and getting a return, but the return itself feels disappointing uh, for the Blues and, and for the Rangers. Um, yeah, for, for a team that I've kind of ragged on for being, like, way too top-heavy, this is an important addition. Now, granted, Tarasenko has slowed down compared to, like, his breakout season last year, um, but breakout, he still provides... That's one way to Yeah, put re-breakout. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, but he bounces out, and, and he adds, like, a finisher to, to Panarin's wing. Um, who, you know, is the playmaker and has kind of needed a finisher. And they also did not have enough top six talent. Uh, <laughs> and now they, they add some more.
1: Yep. Um, now, I people were saying one of the reasons it looks like the assets lean so heavily in New York's favor on this uh, is because the Rangers are one of the, like, few teams or maybe even the only team in on him who wasn't begging the Blues to take back to another, like, I don't know, big contract to equalize the salary like the rangers had the cap space to make this work um and didn't have to be like oh take back our bad money um which if you're the blues uh assuming it's a deal that like expires at the end of the year or something uh i think you absolutely go to one of those teams you know take back some bad money if it means you get i don't know another second round pick or something like that um but i i guess possibly you know that's why it wasn't the case because this is you know an extra over 4 million dollars to the charge on the Rangers cap um that most teams most contenders wouldn't have really been able to afford
0: yeah i i guess so it's the mm, I, I i don't i yeah i don't see why you don't you know you, what are you going to do with the cap space right if you're the blue yeah i know um, i i don't see this reticence to to not take the bad money back unless it's obviously you know like a multi-year commitment um but every team has you know ufas who have pending ufas who have not contributed as much as they 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 wanted to um so you know i like i mean good for you you have like what an extra three million dollars in cap space or whatnot um what what are you gonna fucking do about it st louis like yeah (laughs) barring like taking another bad contract from a different team um it's really kind of wasted assets so not not smart at all um i wonder if he does have like a mod. Did he have a modified no trade, or or like a complete no trade? Um,
1: uh, well, that's a good question. I I think he had some kind of protection.
0: Okay, so maybe that played a hand. Um, but even so, like I said, the the forward market wasn't particularly strong this year. Um, so given that, you know, it seems like the Rangers got away with not giving as much as they maybe could have. Um, and now, fucking Jimmy VC doesn't have to play in the top six.
1: Yay! Woo! Um. Yeah, I'm, we actually we ragged on the TSN trade bait list last week for including New York's first round pick. And yet there it goes right away. Uh, and I realized maybe we should, you know, I still think it's dumb to put a draft pick on a list of that type. Uh, but now at least the why it's the Rangers is justified because they had two first round picks, including the one from Dallas they got uh, for Niels Lundqvist last summer. Um, so that made, you know, trading away a first round pick a little more uh, flexible for them. Um, And, I mean, in terms of Tarasenko and the Rangers and all that, it's funny because one thing, looking at the Rangers roster over the past, like, ever since they traded away Bucinivich, I was like, this is a great team. But, man, that hole that was left by the unnecessary trading of Pavel Bucinivich is really gaping whenever you throw, you know, someone like Barkley Goudreau on the top line next to Mikko Zabanejad. And now, uh, they gave up. Uh, more for Tarasenko than they got for Buchnevich But just looking at it from the perspective of the roster itself, I mean, that hole has now been filled. And everyone, when you get like a top-line player like that, everyone else falls right into their proper positions. And then the second line looks better, then the third line looks better, and the fourth line looks better. Um, and now the other kind of rumor is that Vitaly Kravtsov is, you know, in the rumor mill. I mean, when when is he not? But, I mean, that's a chip that, now it could possibly even help you bolster your team uh, even more. Maybe bolster that second line where I think Kravtsov is now playing. So it looks like the Rangers are. I mean, they've already proven themselves to be a serious player at the deadline, but maybe they're not done.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy with that Bouchenev trade. How they just left themselves without a first-line right winger on yeah. their roster at all. I mean, like the right wingers up until the trade on this team stunk hard right it was like goudreau vc they had like they're Lafreniere a bunch of left wingers yeah they had like left playing his wrong side it's just like what are, we, what are we doing here um yeah so that that's a massive hole that they kind of got that they bridged um now it, they still need some you know ideally they would upgrade their they need some more quality right wings but it's not so big an issue as it was you know a week and a half ago or a week ago because uh yeah, yeah so Good for the Rangers. Unfortunately for me, uh, perennial Rangers hater.
1: Yeah, I, I would still pick the Devils over them in the first round.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, which is like the
1: most likely thing. But, I might you know, pick the Devils point... to win the Cup. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're picking the Devils to win the Cup? Is that what's going on? Possibly. Possibly.
0: Uh, Seriously considering how, you know
1: now. Uh, anyway, so talking about like, you know, other right-wingers maybe – Uh, Oh, this this trade bait board is outdated because Tarasenko is still here. Anyway, um, in terms of right-wingers, so the Rangers are pretty much out of cap space now, as you'd expect. But I wonder if... uh, Well, the first name that comes to mind is Brock Besser. But you'd have to probably have... I I don't think Vancouver wants to retain a big amount since he's still got a few years left. And I don't think the Rangers have some terrible deal to send back the other way, so maybe Besser's not a great fit. Um... And another right winger who's definitely on the trade block is Jesse Puliarvi. You tell me one team that would not be able to rejuvenate his career, it's the Rangers.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> it's yikes. Um, just the fact that they have to. Ooh. Yeah. Idea. What's
1: uh Brock Besser, uh, perhaps a tad retained, in exchange for Barkley Gaudreau and whatever other spare pieces maybe clear off your cap. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I get that only works with like a, tr- a big chunk retained on Besser, but I was looking at bad money on the Rangers and I saw Barclay Goudreau, Barclay Goudreau.
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. How many years does he have left? he's like three years left. Oh, Goudreau way too many. He's got four after this. Oh Christ. Um, tough to, tra- tough to trade that. Although there's yeah. one team you can convince to take long, bad money. It's maybe Vancouver. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. It's a tough bill to swallow uh, in terms of cap cap wise. But uh, yeah, well, what other what are the money do they have to to give up? Let's see. Yeah, they
1: don't really have any other really bad money to to send out. So maybe they get like maybe they could squeeze in a cheap, really cheap option like Sam Lafferty or Nick Bug's dad, Um, which I think you know could could be a help. I think they could uh you know one other small piece to their forwards could p- potentially go a long way
0: yeah all right so that's uh do we that's the that's the uh rangers overview shall we look to one more thing yeah I have trivia uh how many goals did sammy
1: blay have in his new york rangers tenure zero if i recall correct i think i saw that they eh? have zero yeah i th- i i thought you might i thought you might have seen it. it was going around after Tarasenko scored in his rangers debut like he already beat sammy blay's uh goal total with New York. Man. Or like
0: Sammy Blaise scoring in his first game as a blue for in a second. Did you see that? He Scored the other Oh, he night. did. He did. So Yeah, oh, was <laughs> like that. That was the reason why I saw it. It came across my timeline cuz he scored and it was like, "Oh wow, look at that. He scored more goals already than he did in the entire stint with the with the Rangers." Wow.
1: Well, I'm checking right now that Buchnevich trade to see who that that second round pick turned into. Uh so it looks like that second rounder was traded from the Rangers uh, after they acquired it from St. Louis to the jets. Now I'm trying to see exactly what those details were putting together a little trade tree here on the fly. Uh, so the second round pick the Rangers got uh, for Buchnevich they then traded to the jets as part of the Andrew cop trade last year. They acquired Andrew cop at the deadline, gave up that second rounder, made it to the conference finals and lost him in the summer. So in terms of raw assets, they've got nothing left for Buchnevich. Uh, but you know, but Cobb <laughs> did help them out in that uh in that playoff run. So if you want to look at it really nicely, then then maybe you can look at it that way. Oh, I oh, I didn't realize um the uh the Brad Lambert pick was from the Rangers in the Andrew Kopp trade. That could end up being a real uh, a real yeah. steal for the Jets.
0: Huh. What do you know? Um so yeah, that trade looking even worse. Now they, they have nothing to show for it. Uh or I guess is is uh is not part of the Sammy Blade trade tree? I mean if you
1: I guess the optics could potentially look better that way, but I choose to, I think <laughs> That's pushing it. That's pushing it. That's clearly it. that's clearly a cap thing thrown yeah, in Sammy no Blade. He's uh-huh. not
0: he's not worth shit. All right. Um in terms <laughs> of other <laughs> Yeah, so looking looking at the the other trade deadline goings-on going ons uh we saw Jacob chicken scratched last night uh, in the coyotes game for trade reasons looks like something's on the horizon uh I have it's no game that the official coyotes PR its actually said <laughs> trade related reasons <laughs> I respect it I respect it very upfront um but I have no idea where he's going huh this is this is I don't know what the market looks like for Jacob chicken I don't know who's in on it I don't know who are the finalists. You see, the Leafs, the Kings, don't. yeah. What's it, the Bruins? Like, is that is I guess that those are the finalists. Well, it's Jeff Merrick was saying certain things
1: on TV was that it? were contradicted okay. by what Frank Saravalli was saying. That w- people were saying different things left and right. All the most trusted names it seemed like none of them were on the same page, uh, which perhaps is a reason why uh, the tr- the deal hasn't happened yet. Cause one reports was sounds like the Leafs and Oilers are two of the teams that have really stepped up their offers in this late stage. Jeff Merrick gets on TV, says Leafs are not getting trickery Oilers are not getting trickery. I believe that's what, what was said. It was like, Oh, okay, fine. Then Frank Saravalli says, sounds like the Kings are really the, the big guns here. And you know, the, 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 the big front runner. Uh, and then apparently the Kings themselves, someone heard, it was like, Oh, I probably not. The Kings aren't probably going to acquire it. So like all these insiders are saying like, well, yeah, the, the Leafs are going to get chicken. The Oilers are getting chicken. The Kings are getting chicken. And those three teams are like, no, we're, I don't think we're getting Jacob chicken. So it's like, maybe those two teams are just going to like, you know, get it to the Coyotes, like a, you know, trying to get the price down maybe by saying, oh, we're not even really that interested. Um, That could potentially be what's going on here. Um, But Frank Saravalli seemed quite, dead set on, like, there's some real smoke with the LA Kings, nothing official yet. Um, and then there were, like, people were throwing around, like, Byfield's name. Is Byfield going back to Arizona? Is Brant Clark going back to, to Arizona in this deal? Um, but, yeah, it seems like things were really heating up last night. And now they're, they've kind of whooshed off into
0: silence. Hmm. Bizarre. Yeah, I wonder if I kind of side with, like, the, the kind of, like, the teams are trying to, I don't know, like, trying to manipulate the market maybe. Like make it seem like they're less interested than they actually are, um, trying to get make sure that they don't get in, themselves into a bidding war for Jacob Chikrin, um, which, you know, if you're the Coyotes, this is this kind of chaos. I guess it works to your favor, doesn't it? Um, because it does it? seem like a whole. I don't know. It's hard to say. It does seem like a lot of teams are interested, though. You know, like all yes, this. They should be. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious what what the return is gonna be. But it really, for for finally, seems like it's about to happen, like quite imminently. Yeah.
1: We've talked about how uh, the Coyotes are in a good spot with Chikrin because, like, they're in no rush to trade him. Uh, He's, you know, they could wait till the offseason if they want. I think that at this particular point, that'd be a bad idea because his value uh, will probably never be higher than it is at this very second. He has been playing so well since coming back from injury. Uh, he looked excellent you know he scored those two goals against the wild as we watched this week. He really looks like a bona fide number one defenseman um, and you know that type of player is almost never on the market. So I think the coyotes would be very wise to get this deal done as soon as possible before this deadline. Uh, and I mean the fact they scratched him shows it's it's all but for, a foregone conclusion. Um, someone named act sass 11h on Twitter, put together a fake screenshot of a deleted tweet from the official LA Kings account okay <laughs> he said this was uh last night this looks like the kings jumped the gun on a chicken trade announcement we continue to wait and it's a screenshot that looks like it's the official LA Kings account that says welcome to LA jacob we've acquired jacob chicken from the arizona coyotes in exchange for quentin byfield jacob movarar our, our 2023 first round pick and 2025 second round pick uh and, of course, at the bottom, this tweet has been deleted type of thing. So, so I mean, some people bought it, but most people didn't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I respect the hustle. Um, For real. I've, yeah. Uh, this this days like these, we really miss uh, Mr. Booth.
0: Um, oh, man. I, what is last night also,
1: as yeah. I was, I, uh, I think, yeah, this was last night, as I was Twitter searching, like, Chikrin assorting by latest, see what people are saying. I saw there was some kind of account with two followers that was like NHL trade talk or whatever, you know, one of those, uh, and it was doing the thing where it was tweeting out, "Hearing from a reliable source, Jacob Chikrin is being traded to," and was tweeting out every single team, likely yeah. with the goal of once the trade actually happens, uh, retroactively deleting all the incorrect ones. I mean, like I had it first.
0: <laughs> wow, you're you're taking you're getting a look at. The behind the scenes of of hockey insider Twitter is that this is yeah uh, Mad. yeah I I can't imagine investing my time in such an endeavor I don't know yeah. it just seems to, like the the
1: result stupid. is well I have more followers
0: I guess so you gained five followers who fucking took the bait and think you're the premier hockey insider only to be disappointed in a few days when you do this, try to do the same thing and their feed is littered with like, I don't know. Eric Carlson has been traded to seven different fucking teams yeah. and they promptly click on follow.
1: Okay. Here's another Twitter account talking about Chikrin that is it's, it's, I'm curious I'm th- because this is oh, someone wait. at, at real Phil Carter and okay. Phil and his bio is, Boston sports reporter of 15 years, father of two, member of the Weymouth Board of Decisions, philgcarter22 at gmail.com. So, the, so this seems like a real reporter, right? Or
0: that's what they want you to think. But um, go ahead.
1: He's got 37 followers. <laughs> um, and he's tweeting about Chikrin. And it's nothing so crazy. Um, uh, last night it said, he said... Uh, quiet right now in the NHL reportedly Arizona and LA had a deal almost finalized for Chickren this morning. They got mixed up in the details and Arizona has been looking around elsewhere. Now Armstrong and Sweeney, that would be Don Sweeney of the Bruins had an hour long call this morning regarding the D man. And then blah, blah, blah. Later on uh, says uh, nothing new. Oh, that's past. I right? Uh more on the Chickren situation. Bruins GM Don Sweeney is reportedly very concerned about Shikran's injury history, likes the player, but is unsure about risking the future on him. Arizona has been very patient and feels a trade with either the Kings or Bruins is imminent. So uh, this is interesting, but this is also some rando named Phil Carter with 37 followers, who's apparently a Boston sports reporter who could potentially just be making shit up. So I'm looking up (laughs) Phil Carter right now to see, see what, see what, what pops up.
0: Oh boy, we are in deep here on Phil fucking Carter, noted, what did you say, Weymouth council member or some shit? What was the bit with him? I look up Phil Carter,
1: the first results, besides the Wiki, Wikipedia page for uh, someone who's an American lawyer, writer, and former officer in the U.S. Army, uh, okay. is uh, the tweet that I just read <laughs> from Quiet Right Now <laughs> in the NHL, reportedly Arizona and L.A. had a deal almost finalized.
0: Okay, so so not much in the world of Phil Carter's apparently. Either that or like the algorithm is getting you and feeding you what you just saw. Could um, be. Could be. Could could be. Uh but uh yeah, I choose not to trust the words of a man who averages two followers per year of reporting. Um, so <laughs> you, you know, you know I, I'm just gonna go with that. If if he happens to be right, he happens to be right. And uh I, I won't even need shit. He'll just He'll just, I don't know, maybe he'll get his 38th follower. Um, it won't be me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he'll be on to something.
1: Yeah. Um, I look up Phil Carter, sports reporter. His Twitter account is the first thing. Um, and there's also this article from 2005 on UND.com called Catching Up with Phil Carter. Um, but I, even though uh, it is sports-related, I don't think this is – Phil Carter that we're talking about, because why would anyone want to catch up with him?
0: I was just going to say, why the fuck would anyone want to catch up with 37 follower Phil Carter? Um, yeah. Yeah. I doubt it. What UND? What is it like new university of North Dakota? Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, Notre Dame. Uh, well, you know, I guess geographically, where is Notre Dame? I have no uh, idea. Pennsylvania?
1: I, I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. This is embarrassing. I feel like there's something I should know.
0: Yeah, me too. But oh, well outside of the scope of my brain. Um, and it doesn't matter because it's almost certainly not the relevant Phil Carter, is it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I, I think on chicken, the Bruins would be a big shock. Um, especially with like the roster makeup and all that type of thing. I mean, when it surprised me that they're going after the big, sh- big, fish, uh, you know, knock Grizzly down to the third pairing. That'd be insane. Um, oh, crap. But <laughs> oh my God, my yeah. i i prediction is he's going to the kings uh they've got you know the that hole in their lineup uh they don't even really have a number 1 defenseman i don't really see drew Dowdy as such anymore to be totally honest uh and they've got the prospect pool to make it work so i think the i think that's uh i think that's where he ends up
0: yeah you yeah, and then you consider all the smoke that we've seen with the kings yeah uh, just in the last 24 hours i think it's certainly Smart money's on the Kings as of right now. Um, Yeah, and I mean, they've got their
1: great goalie locked up for the next few years. um, They could really be leaping into contender status.
0: Was it a few years? I thought it was a one-year deal. Oh, was it only a year? (laughs) But yeah, Phoenix Copley signed um, to a $1.5 million extension. Uh, The number of years is uh, indeed one year. Um, But yeah, he is... uh, he has supplanted Cal Peterson as I don't know, I guess tandem goalie for the Kings. He's sporting in eight ninety-seven save percenters this year. But he is remarkably, almost shockingly, 15 and one. Um, so I don't know, it's goal support or this just this dude's just fucking lucky, or maybe the Kings just need like not ECHL goaltending to win some games. Um, but uh it's it's working out, so he got himself a solid deal. And uh, how old is he again? He's like is he, 31. Is he yeah, I'm nuts. I thought he was younger than that, but uh, apparently not.
1: I was so correct about Phoenix Copley. Um, I feel like the theme of this entire season is me being right and bragging about it, but uh, maybe I'm just getting smarter. Anyway, when we talked about the Kings about two months ago, uh, Cal Peterson, I think, had maybe just been waived, sent to the minors. Jonathan Cook was playing so badly. Phoenix Copley got into one game, a season debut. Uh, He he was solid. Kings won. And I said, there you have it. Make him your starter now. Uh, Sure, he's not very good. What do you have to lose? Is he really going to be any worse than Quick and Peterson have already been? And I think we both agreed. The answer was no. And the Kings have, you know, figured it out themselves. Uh, Phoenix Copley has been winning most of the time he's been playing. And the Kings are real solid in a playoff spot. And I didn't realize, actually, this was the last year Jonathan Quick's deal. So next year, that's probably, you know, a nice weight off their shoulders, I would say. Cal Peterson in the AHL since he's been there. Looks like he's regained his confidence a little bit. He hasn't been world-beating, but he's been a 919. Quite good. I foresee next year. Um, well, I, I was going to say something that I actually kind of disagree with. I was I could see the Kings sit going into next year with a Cal Peterson Phoenix Copley tandem that might be really really stupid though
0: um, it be extremely ill advised yeah. I think
1: the better out you know you try to acquire another goalie a good one and then you could potentially have Copley back him up or have Peterson back him up and Phoenix Copley this deal is mostly variable um, but Phoenix Copley's maybe too good to put back in the minors you know he's insane he rules <laughs>
0: He's that good? Yeah, no. It's not like they have a lot of uh, UFA's, right? Um, or or really any free agents to resign this year, uh, that are particularly prominent with all that Jonathan Quick money that's coming off the books. Velarde so, needs a
1: new. Yeah, well, Velardi and Mikey Anderson both need new deals. Um, okay. So that's going to take up. Gonna... Uh, that could that would probably take up together more than six million.
0: Okay. Well, never mind then. I guess you'll maybe have to go bargain basement hunting. Uh, what's their cap situation like for next year? What's I can uh, I cannot read these.
1: They've the got a yep. pretty decent amount. Of, even this year, their deadline cap space is about 4.7 million. Um Brandon Lemieux coming off the books, Alex Edlers' league deal is coming off the books, and Quicks' fat contract is coming off the books. Um, so it shouldn't be too easy, too hard for them to to you know uh, keep more or less, what they have around around, um, I'm not sure how much room they'll have to go hunting for any like big fish goalies. Let's let's check the free agent crop for this upcoming summer, see uh see what goalies are out there. How's that sound?
0: I'm good. I am pulling it up as we speak.
1: All right, it's a race. Let's see if you can figure out this cap friendly all these filters for UFAs quicker than I can. Uh, all right, Jonathan Quick's on the list. <laughs> Um let me short, sorting by let's, let's sort by wins. I feel like that's a good Martin Jones, Tristan Jari, Anti Ranta, Cam Talbot, Freddie Anderson, Aiden Hill, sammy Varlamov. But Freddie Anderson is a big name. Uh with of course the injury troubles. And Tristan Jari's I would say is the other big one, who I'm sure Pittsburgh will try to keep.
0: Yeah, I don't see how he leaves Pittsburgh, no. Uh, I guess if they can't fit him under the cap, but he's But not not know, such again. a great
1: crop here. It's okay.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not the best. But uh you could get yourself a nice complimentary piece, I guess. Yeah, well, in terms of starting caliber goalies, it's really what, Jari, Anderson. And Anderson, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so. Pretty much. Get yourself a good backup. <laughs> Cross your fingers for next year. Um, yeah, I hope I don't, Cal
1: Peterson is good again.
0: Yeah, because I don't see them getting Jari. And, you know, maybe they'll. you could see yourself in the Freddie Anderson sweepstakes, but... Even if you do acquire him, that's a risky situation with the injuries and whatnot. And his age is 33.
1: I feel like for the Kings, though, for any team that like, really needs a starting goalie, for them it may make the most sense to go after someone who's a little injury-prone um, because you are still probably kind of holding out hope that Cal Peterson returns to form. Uh, and, you know, maybe Phoenix Copley stays competent as well. So if Anderson does go down, you do have like two potential kind of safeguarding options
0: yeah no absolutely um you don't need to commit to the the number one guy but because anderson's maybe the second best goalie on this market um and best if pittsburgh signs jari early it's like the price on him is probably going to be quite significant i don't know if you want to commit to that uh with this with this up-and-coming team you want to lock yourself next to freddie anderson
1: yep very true um Alright, well, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we do the guess who. Yeah. Uh the Super Bowl is today. Okay. Um, I know which teams are playing. Mm-hmm. Kansas City and the Philadelphia Eagles. I know Patrick Mahomes is on Kansas City. Couldn't name you a single other player playing in this game. Yeah. I know Rihanna singing the halftime show. Usually That's correct. usually what happens uh, when I watch the Super Bowl with my family. So, you know, I'll sit there in the room, we'll eat nachos or whatever. I'll watch the first half. Halftime show starts. I leave the room and then never can be bothered to return
0: because <laughs> I don't
1: <laughs> care what happens in the game. Uh, yeah. Maybe if it's particularly close, I'll I'll pay some more attention to it. But you know much more about football than I do. What's your insight?
0: What's my insight? You know, I'm going to get my Super Bowl take. Should be, this is a very good matchup in terms of you. have They have two very good teams offensive teams who uh yeah we might see a nice you know you know who's on the eagles aj brown who used to be on the tennessee titans who was the Uh, superstar unfortunate trade we got robbed blind um and actually that trade got the general manager fired so
1: you know like like overtly like oh this trade was so bad we're firing you
0: basically yeah like midway through the season got fired and like the The owner was like, "Yeah, we we need better communication because the general manager went and made that trade without telling anybody, basically." So, anyways, just like the movie Draft
1: just... Day. Have you ever seen Draft yeah. Day?
0: <laughs> no, I oh, haven't. What an ass film. <laughs> Have you? Yes, I've seen Draft Day. <laughs> okay, is it football related?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's basically, okay. uh, so the movie is basically you know it takes place. It's the main character is the GM with the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. um. And it takes place in the course of just the draft day. Uh, and like, it's, it's impossible that all this stuff would go down. Basically the idea is like, uh, so he trades up uh, for to get the first pick um, without telling anyone. And they're like, Oh, you gave up way too much to trade up for the first pick and take this star quarterback, Bo Callahan. Um, and then the quarterback of the, this fictional Cleveland Browns like gets so mad and like trashes the office. Uh, oh, and then, and then the GM like follows his heart and drafts the guy he was going to take anyway, like Vontae Mack, um, and without, without telling anyone that either. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and then they like, rumor starts swirling that Bo Callahan is like not a nice guy and like none of his teammates like him. So he falls all the, all the way to sixth overall. Um, and then he managed the Browns managed to like acquire back the seventh pick they already had, um, but but like getting more than they gave up for the first overall pick, it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and the GM does all sorts of things without telling anyone. And every single time they're pissed at him about it. But then at the when all is said and done, it's like, wow, you did so amazing. You're really the galaxy brain guy here. We've got a great team. The end.
0: It's a terrible And not, movie. A, and not a single game of football was played. Um, The
1: the movie ends with, like, it's opening day and all the fans are pumped. And they're chanting, Super Bowl, Super Bowl.
0: Holy fuck. That's (laughs) so stupid. It's
1: it's a very bad movie.
0: Man, that's that's remarkably dumb, even for a sports movie. Uh, Uh Jesus. But, uh, yeah, back to the Super Bowl. Should be entertaining, you know. Hopefully, we'll get a very high-scoring game. Because both offenses have the capability for it. And my pick is uh, I will take Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City. Well, Kansas City. Whoops. (laughs) That's not good. That does not bode well for today. Uh, But Kansas City, um, mostly because uh, I don't want to see the Titans, uh, you know, gift a team a Super Bowl. So I'm good. I'm Mm -hmm. not taking the Eagles on this one. The Eagles, they won
1: a Super Bowl recently, didn't they? What's that, like 2018?
0: 2018 i think so 2017 2018 i don't remember the exact year but uh yeah philly special you remember that play uh no not really fair enough sorry um yeah no, no uh, the chiefs won
1: it. one in, in recent memory
0: yeah a couple years ago i think um with mahomes well, I, and all that yeah yeah mahomes and the gang certainly okay. i have a very very vivid memory of uh Fucking Patrick Mahomes holding the trophy. So there we go. Yep. Okay. Twenty twenty. Because I do go. remember. It. Was it last year
1: yep. or the year before? There was some kind of like Mahomes versus Tom Brady narrative, and it was like, oh, Mahomes has to win, or he'll never be, will never go down as like the next great one, and then Brady won, and it was a disappointment.
0: Yeah, I think I was that twenty nineteen. Is that and really th- that
1: long ago? I, 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 no, I feel like that it might have been like last year.
0: Oh man, so twenty twenty. Was the Brady versus Mahomes year and Mahomes won? No, no, he didn't. God, I have the worst memory. Brady beat him in 2020. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And they won the Super Bowl in 2019, the 2019 2020 season. And then they lost the 2020 season they this is almost painful. went back to back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you for not remembering. Um yeah. So you're picking Kansas City. I'm gonna say Eagles are gonna win.
0: All right. They're very well mate. Uh, I think
1: I think the store the score is gonna be six three. It's gonna be a total dud. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, you heard it here first. I think <laughs> yeah. the I think the Eagles are are the favorites in Vegas currently.
1: Well, I'm um, smart then. Look at me go.
0: This guy's a genius. Congratulations. All right. So there's your Super Bowl preview. I don't think I gave. I said anything of substance, but it's okay. That's okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Anton Forsberg of the Ottawa Senators tears MCLs in both knees, both likely knees. out for season. Brutal. Holy fuck. That,
0: that is that, you a know, terrible piece of news. Yeah, you hate to hear from him. My God, that's got to be a painful rehab. Um. But uh, it helps the tank, Yikes. I guess, if you're the sense uh, I guess so. Uh, if you're uh-huh. looking at it cynically. But, uh, yeah, that, that's got to stink. Holy crap. Both knees.
1: All right. Uh, time for Guess Who. Tarasenko was traded to the Rangers this week, as we mentioned. So we decided to do some Guess Who's about the Rangers. Uh, yeah, let's let's set the scene here. 25 yep. players on our list, as per usual. Two goalies, Igor Shosturkin and Yarrow Halak. Uh, I believe it's nine defense we got on our list. Adam Fox, Kondre Miller, Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren, Nico Mikola, the newly acquired, Braden Schneider, Ben Harper, Zach Jones, and Libor Hayek. And then a whole bunch of forwards, including Sabanajad Panarin, Kreider, Tarasenko, Vinny Trocek, Filip Hedl, Capo Kako, Alexi Lafreniere, Barclay Goudreau, Jimmy Visi, Vitaly Kravsov. Who's still there, at least for the time being? Uh, Julien Gauthier, Jake LeCision, and Ryan Carpenter. A little bit of a drop off in quality at the very end there.
0: <laughs> no kidding. You know we have a ninth round pick in this draft. In this, in this, I guess who? Because Yara Halak, two hundred
1: seventy-first overall pick by Montreal in two thousand
0: three. That's right, and he's on this. Is this? I think this is the first time we've seen someone post seventh round, if I correctly. Because oh, I is don't, a, don't
1: think so. I'd be surprised. Um, Pavelski was like an eighth round pick, I think. Um, I know Brian Elliott in that 2003 draft was picked second to last overall, 291st.
0: (laughs) Okay. So maybe I'm just, I didn't make a mental note of it. But this time I saw ninth round in my spreadsheet. I thought I made a typo. Um, But uh, nope, that is not the case. Uh, Let's roll. I have my player. Got mine as well.
1: And since we're on Zencast this week, we can do the easy muting option. Uh, so I will mute my incoming audio in three, two, one.
0: Jimmy VC, and I'm back. All right, I'm muting in three, two, one.
1: My player is Braden Schneider. All right, let's roll. All right. So I believe last time we played, it was a tie, if memory serves. Yes, that was the Colorado, and the time before that was a tie as well. And the time before that, I won. So you uh, still have home guess advantage. So I'm going to guess first. Correct? Go for it. Yep. All right. Let's see is what happens. Is still one we... zero? Yes, it is. We have played three games okay. total in this new yeah. <laughs> round two. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask uh, if your player's number is 22 or lower. No. Okay. Getting rid of those guys. Your turn.
0: Alright. Uh, Okay. Is your player's first name Yaroslav or earlier in the alphabet? Yes. Okay.
1: Neat. Was your player drafted by either the New York Rangers or the Nashville Predators. Uh yes. Okay. Down to uh what am I down to? 6. Yep, down to 6. That's what it looks like. All right. I hope I didn't miss um, anyone. Wait, let me because Wait, what? Uh oh yeah, I think I did that correctly. Um I'm sorry, because after my first question I was down to thirteen and then uh or five yeah, yeah, so I just got rid of seven players and I'm down to six. Okay, sorry okay. for the confusion.
0: All good. All good. You said yes to Yaroslav earlier, right? Just uh... Yeah,
1: Yaroslav earlier, yes, in the alphabet. Okay.
0: Sounds good. Um was your player drafted by the New York Rangers or the Ottawa Senators? Yes. Sounds good.
1: Is Maybe your player's... Harp. Is your player's number in the 70s? No. Okay, goodbye. Heedel Kravtsov, and Miller. I'm down to three. And this is a pretty sweet three, I have to say.
0: That's unfortunate. Uh, hmm. Okay. I'll just split it by... Ask a question. Ask a question. Okay. Okay. I'll go by number. Was your is your player's number, uh, thirteen or less? Yes. Okay. How many players you have? I have like three. Oh, this is looking rough. I right, have three as well.
1: My players are Jimmy VC, Capo, Caco, and Igor Shesterkin. or Shesterkin, I should say. Is your player Jimmy VC?
0: It is Jimmy VC.
1: Let's go. Uh, man, what a what a snipe for me.
0: Okay, so I have three. I have Lafreniere, Harper, and Schneider. All extremely mid, and yeah, I don't know who the hell to pick. Is your player Braden Schneider?
1: Yes, my player is Braden oh. Schneider.
0: Oh, it's so clutch! My God, that, that one I picked out of. I out, I was certifiably out of a hat. I, really, if Jesus I had those Christ.
1: three, if I had those three, I would have absolutely gone with Schneider without hesitation. So
0: really, not Ben Harper. You know, you don't feel like he's too bad. He's notable for being bad okay fair enough all right so we're tied lovely
1: all right round two got my player do you have yours yep i'll mute my incoming audio in three two one
0: vincent trocek and i'm back yeah muting in three two one
1: my player is libor hayek
0: all right back now okay nice
1: Uh, So So yeah, you guess first this time.
0: Lovely. Let's go last. Let's go cap hit, shall we? Ah. I have cap hit in this spreadsheet. This is fun. This is a ranger's cap hit, by the way. So if we're talking about Tarasenko. We're talking about his modified cap hit. Um, So does your player have a cap hit of one and a half million dollars or less? Yes. All right. So I'm stuck with a scrub. This is not good.
1: Um, was your player drafted in the top 40?
0: My player was not drafted in the top 40. Okay. Down
1: to 13. Hmm.
0: Uh, was your player drafted in the first or ninth round? Yes. My, Oh, Oh, no.
1: My player was (laughs) not drafted in the first year. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry what was your what was yeah. your first
0: question was your player drafted in the first or ninth round
1: no your oh your first question though
0: my first question was uh alphabet related what was it uh oh no it was cap it related it was cap hit related it was uh one and a half million or less he said yes uh
1: okay yes that is true that is true okay I answered that one correctly we're yes we're good and my player was not drafted in the first or ninth round
0: Okay, that'd be suspicious. What's going on here, I, I'll I explain after. Maybe.
1: I'll explain. I'll explain it to you after my confusions. Um, it's nothing too crazy. Don't lo- Don't read into it at all. I promise. Um,
0: I'm reading into it, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. I'm going to ask. Uh. Is your player?
0: <laughs>
1: hmm is your player a forward?
0: Uh is my player a forward? Yes.
1: Okay. Um too bad that I got rid of my goalies, but I am down to 6 instead of 7. That type of thing.
0: Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's sort by number. Uh, is your player's number 15 or less?
1: Um, my player's number is not 15 or less.
0: Okay. Down to three.
1: Was your player drafted?
0: End of sentence.
1: End of sentence,
0: yes. Yes, they were drafted.
1: Okay, getting rid of my three undrafted players, and I've got three drafted players left. Let's hear it. I've got, you got Vinny it. Trocek, Jimmy VC again, and Jake Lecision.
0: Okay. I have Ryan Carpenter, Libor Hayek, and uh, Jimmy VC. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, is your player Ryan Carpenter? No. Tragic. Go All ahead. Right.
1: See, without any context, VC is the name that's clearly sticking out here, but you just had him last round. You couldn't pay me to pick Jimmy Vc twice in a row. Which leaves us with Vincent Trocek, uh, who's, you know, notable guy, second-line center, solid player type of thing. And Jake LeCision, who, similarly to Ben Harper, is notable for being really bad. Um, So I'm a little bit torn here. I feel like when in doubt, you got to go with the scrub, though. Is your player Jake LeCision? No. Okay.
0: All right. So it's is your player Libor Hayek? Yes, my player is Libor Hyder. All right, very well done. Is
1: your player Vincent Trocek?
0: It is Vincent Trocek. Whew! They'll make continues. Okay. Still, no, make no, continue. Neither of us, neither of us had Jimmy VC despite having him in the final three.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny.
0: It's hilarious. Uh, so what I was, yeah.
1: what I was worried about, um, yeah. when I, at the start, uh, is that I forgot my player wasn't still Braden Schneider. <laughs> And I was I answered the first question and second question on that basis before I was, oh wait no I have someone new. So I was like I had to go back and make sure I had the first one right. Luckily Hayek as well uh is not making a, a lot of money relatively speaking.
0: Alright. So here we are. I thought I made some sort of cap transcription mistake. Was uh, moderately worried there. Um but uh alright, on to round three, the tiebreaker I have my player.
1: Got my player as well. I will mute my audio in 3 2 1.
0: Vitaly Kravtsov.
1: And I'm back.
0: All right, I'm muting in 3 2 1.
1: My player is Braden Schneider. All right. I'm back. Nice. Okay. Uh, so I'm guessing first for this round. I haven't done an age question yet Um, so that's what I'll open with is your player 25 or younger
0: my player uh, is 25 or younger
1: okay down to 12
0: all right let's, let's go by first name again is your players first name Jimmy or earlier in the alphabet yes Okay, so unfortunate split at 14, but go ahead.
1: Ooh, you you really
0: went for oh, 13, 13, 13. There. No, no, 13, 13. Oh, I'm okay. still good. Yeah, I, I
1: miscounted. Is your player American? Uh, oh, wait, 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 sorry. Oh, I almost got into a disaster there because I noticed just by the skin of my teeth that there's a mistake <laughs> on here. Okay. Uh, For some reason, Vitaly Kravtsov is listed as American. Um. Don't know how that mistake got in there. But anyway, I'm going to change my question. Uh, I'm going to ask... Why don't I do another another uh, number question? How about that? Sort by number, and I'll ask, is your player's number um,
0: 23 or less? Uh, let's see. My player's number is not 23 or less. Ah,
1: oh, is not okay. Down to six.
0: All right, let's let's go by mm, cap hit. Uh, is your player's cap hit one and a half million dollars or less? Yes. Okay, so it's down to six. Oh, this is a fun group. This is oh. gonna be a nightmare to sort through go ahead
1: i've got a nightmare group as well almost everyone here i'm like yeah it could be you could be you yeah could be you it's that type of thing um all right i'll go with uh, i was gonna do the 70s question again because i ended up with those three guys but like two of them like i wouldn't know how to like pick between them um there are only two players here where i'm like yeah maybe i should try to avoid But only one of them I'm really sure of, so, uh, oh, whatever. Is your player's number in the 70s? Uh,
0: my player's number is in the 70s.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm down to my three.
0: Okay, the issue here is not that I have a bunch of scrubs. The issue is that everybody's too notable. My six players are Lafreniere, Schneider, Lachitian, VC, Harper, and Halak. Um, which is oh, wow. <laughs> categorically impossible to sort through because it should be none of them. That's the answer. Um, all right. Uh, hmm. How can I sort these players? Not by shot or by... I could do by position. Um, hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go, is your player drafted by the Rangers or the Predators? Yes. Okay. That's nice.
1: Okay, here we go. I'm getting such strong vibes here of the era in which I would always guess wrong all the time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So my three
1: players are Philip Heidel, Vitaly Kravtsov, and Keandre Miller. And in a way, Kravtsov is the one calling to me because he's he's the worst of the bunch, but he's also notable in that you know we were just talking about him maybe getting traded. Um, Keandre Miller, you know, having an excellent season, Philpidel as well. I really don't know where to go. Um, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna pick one, without even knowing what it's gonna be before the name comes out of my mouth. Well, is okay. your player Keandre Miller?
0: It's not Kyandre Miller.
1: No, of course not. Why All did right. I pick Kyandre Miller? Of course not, Kyandre Miller. I'm such an Dumbass. idiot. I'm so yeah.
0: stupid. I agree. Um, this is this is a weird bunch because we have Schneider, VC, and Lafreniere. Okay, one sticks out, but he's also the first overall pick, which is kind of problematic. You know, it's we don't like that. We don't like that. We have Schneider and VC have both like been players, right? Already. If I recall correctly, I guess I have to. I can't. I can't not pick the one guy who hasn't been selected yet. Is your player Alexis Lafreniere? No. Nah, it's a That's a your, trap. you're you're fucking. What is this, what is this shit? Are you kidding me? Oh boy. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Is right, your player?
1: Is your player Vitali Krapsov?
0: It is Vitaly Krapsov. Oh. Thank okay. you. So I need to get this, you know. Um. At least you know what the consolation is. At least they're both notable to this point, you know. And it's not because if, if any of these play, either of these players in a rando, and I would have picked a rando twenty times out of twenty. Um, Schneider VC. Just we didn't talk that much about Schneider. We just did a whole bit on Jimmy VC. If you got Jimmy VC, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. Uh, is your player Braden Schneider? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh,
1: and to Boy. think, and to think, if I'd picked off first, I'd be the the winner.
0: Yikes! I that that is this is this is this escaping by the skin of my teeth. Oh, I can't believe Very you ended up with VC in that me.
1: final three too. Wow, that, that's, what, <laughs> that's what fucked me over. I thought I had it.
0: Oh, well. Yeah, no kidding. You had Schneider in the first round, right? That was the bit.
1: Yeah, I had him twice, and I thought I had him in the second round too. <laughs> oh.
0: He is a wholeheartedly maybe the second most notable player in this whole bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> second only to Jimmy Vesey. Um Hey, at least, at least I you know, he wasn't the third and I, you know, I had Lafreniere to pick. If not, you would have lost with Braden Schneider. That would have been bad. Um, or yeah. yeah. Why didn't you pick Philip Heidel? Uh,
1: well, I don't know because why would I
0: have? Would have, would have made my day. That's why. I would um, end up winning with Braden Schneider. That would have been crazy. Um, yeah. all, right, all right. So we're
1: now on a three game tie streak.
0: And that was that was three ties in a row just now, too. Neither of us could yeah. pull anything ahead. Yeah.
1: Neck and neck. Okay. Here. You know, yeah, I'm okay no,
0: tying it. all the way
1: to the end because it means I win. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. You would be good with that. Um, yep. I can't say I'd agree. But uh, yeah. All right. So there you have it. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Call it a week?
1: Um, nope. Nothing else I want to say. Oh, next week, uh, I think we will be shifting to Monday just for one week. Uh, very busy all of next weekend. Uh, I think we had said Monday evening could potentially work. Is that is that still
0: true? Uh, I believe so. Quick look at my calendar says should be fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, and uh, what team do we want to
0: to watch? Let's see. I don't have anybody in mind right now this week. But do you?
1: Um. I mean, the Oilers have been kicking ass lately. Do you want to have you watched them this this year?
0: No, we haven't. Although, by lately, do you? I hope you're not meaning the last hour and a half.
1: <laughs> well, <that's the> last <laughs> hour and a half. They're losing to <laughs> the Habs. <laughs> three but.
0: nothing to the Habs. Woof. Uh, but uh, oh, okay. Let's see. Let me look Um, at the last time we covered the Oilers was last year, one year ago, January 2022. All right. So, yeah,
1: let's do it. Uh, Between now and the time the next record, they're playing the Red Wings, Rangers, and Avalanche.
0: Okay. That's a decent bunch. Yeah, we'll get to watch Tarasenko
1: as well with the Rangers. Yeah, I was going to
0: say it's about time we watch at least some Rangers content. Um, Okay. Uh, It's okay. All right. Did they just score to make it 3 1? Yeah. all right sounds good well yeah good omen for them i guess all right uh is that everything that's everything see you
1: next week you can follow the the show on instagram fusion and hockey podcast uh, and you can spread the word if you're in the mood the end